Hey, now say now, you're tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I am your host, Devon Pouncey. I am here in the beautiful city of Portland, Oregon, at the Living the Dream Studios. And today, we have a very, very special guest. Uh, he is the newest head coach at the, yes, I said the, Portland State University. Jace Coburn, appreciate you greatly, man, for joining me here on the show. And congratulations on the new gig. Thanks, man. Absolutely. I uh, appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. And obviously, we got a lot to get into um, because you've become an Internet sensation uh, across the sports world <laughs> right out the gate. You, you wasted no time. But I sort of want to start with your origin story first, because um, obviously you did your introductory press conference and um, you gave a shout out, you know, to your parents, in particular, your mom, because, you know, you grew up as a kid whose parents owned a karate school. Mm hmm. And it's really interesting because I'm somebody who advocates for like multi-sport athletes at the youth level. For me, it was baseball, football, basketball, and then we did it all over again. Ultimately, you know, I ended up doing more in basketball, playing through the collegiate level in basketball and still primarily covering basketball in sports here today. But, um, you know, I feel like baseball and football kind of molded me to become who I was within the sport of basketball, whether it be from physical toughness, you know, with baseball, hand-eye coordination, just so many different things. And to hear about you and seeing the career that you've been able to make within the sport of basketball, but also knowing you essentially grew up in a dojo and you're a black belt. <laughs> tell me how those two correlate, because <laughs> I, I can imagine that there's a correlation there, because like I said, I advocate for multi-sport athletes. But for you, how does it all correlate here? Yes. Yeah, so um, I was essentially born in a dojo almost. Um, my parents owned a karate school from the time that I was born or before I was born. Um, I was born right across the street from the dojo. Wow. I, I, grew, I grew up um, grew up in a dojo my whole entire life. Um, both my parents are the uh, instructors there. So, um, you know, and, and they both fought competitively. So, you know, I always, I always think about like, you know, sometimes you might grow up with one parent like that, but I had two that were yeah. always pushing me to be good um, and always pushing me to be spirited uh, and tough and have self-discipline. So, you know, when I, I grew up, um, you know, every single day going to the dojo, like that was just, you know, a part of my life then. And that was just how I grew up. So, you know, my parents still own their karate school now and they're still teaching people. And, um, you know, when I grew up, I would sit there and watch the adult classes also. Like I started when I was three years old Yeah. Um, and I grew up watching all the adults and my dad lead people and teach people. My mom lead people and teach people. So I kind of, in a lot of ways feel like, um, I was learning how to become a leader, even at a young age, you know, so seeing my dad talk to people and instruct people that were older than him. And same thing with my mom, you know, so like I got into coaching really young. And so the age difference thing was never really a thing for me yeah. because I had watched my mom and dad do it uh, my whole life. So, you know, a lot of the lessons that I learned from that, um, you know, as an individual, but also as a leader really helped me get to where I'm at now. Um, in terms of coaching and those types of things, because there's a lot of things that I learned as a kid, um, you know, after just watching them that I do now. So, yeah, uh, it was a valuable experience for me. I know there's a lot of people who, um, 
you know, say that I'm a natural born leader. And it's just, I mean, that's just how I grew up. Yeah. That's just, I had, I had a great advantage with that. Definitely. Definitely. Now, I think that reflects in your career path as well. You've coached at all levels, essentially the high school level, um, the junior college level, obviously the four-year level you've, you've been at Portland state for the last eight years leading up to you being able to get this position, but sort of how important for you, do you feel like going through all of those stages were for you to be able to get to this point right here now, because it's a grind to become a head coach at the four-year level. And you've got to go through so much. You've got to make so many sacrifices. You're coaching at the division one level now. Just kind of speak to some of the things that you dealt with and went through leading up to this point that some folks may not know, but ha- has been significant in your grind to get here. Yeah, absolutely. I So I started coaching uh, when I was really young. I was 18 years old and um, I had an opportunity to coach uh, our JV basketball team um, during the summer because the JV head coach had left for the summer. And that's kind of really where it started. Um, you know, and then I developed my own AU basketball team at 19. Um, and I was I was playing college basketball at the time in a junior college in California, Miracosta. And um, I was coming back and forth on the weekend so I could get back to coach my AU team in Phoenix. So I made my schedule Monday through Thursday. So as soon as workouts were over on Thursday, I'd drive back to Phoenix, wow. coach my team. At, I was like 19 or 20. And then yeah. some weekends I'd drive to Phoenix, load the guys up in a van. We'd hop in the van, drive to Southern, back to Southern California where I just was or yeah. drive to Vegas. And, and, you know, we went out to Houston once and, um, you know, and just all over the place. And, and, uh, so that was a really valuable experience for me because I was, a, I was an AU coach. I coached at the high school level where you kind of have to do everything. Um, you know, there's, you don't, you know, there's not like a full staff, you know, of course you have a JV yeah. coach, a freshman coach and things like that, but like resources are limited. Yeah. You don't have like a full-time staff that, you know, so it's, it's a little different in that way. And then obviously being in junior college where it's a grind, like, um, you know, uh, you know, I lived in the dorms with the players and I know there's a lot of junior college guys going through that right now that are living in dorms, you know, um, you know, and just being around the players the whole time and, and being here division one as an assistant is awesome. Um, so I think that, for me, like I can connect with a lot of people because no matter what level somebody's at, like I've been at that level. So, um, you know, I, I understand what people are going through and, um, their goals and their dreams and things like that. And, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's been, my lights just turned off. <laughs> you good? I, I got these you, motion, you, lights. motion lights. Wave, wave. <laughs> the there we go. <laughs> I gotta get this figured out. <laughs> but, hey, uh, it's part of the job, coach. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just been real busy. I haven't had any time to get the light situation figured yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> no, and, and to be honest, this is really like one of the first times I've even noticed because I've been like up moving around in this first week and I haven't yeah. seen the same spot for more than two minutes, it feels like. But, um, but yeah, I'm like glad we can help you relax here, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So but no, yeah, definitely. But but I want to now talk ask you a little bit more about the process of a Coach Barrett Perry leaving and sort of your relationship in, with Coach Perry. And he's been real supportive of you, obviously, in his transition out. Your transition as becoming an interim head coach, and then obviously being able to land the position as head coach. Um, just speak about the dynamic between you and head coach Barrett Perry in the way that sort of he gracefully went out and, and supported you to be promoted from within during this entire process. 
Right. So um, for me, like when I was talking about earlier when I was an AAU coach, I was like 19 or 20. And Coach Peary was one of the first coaches that I had ever met. Um, mm. So I've known him since I since I started, since I was, you know, um, 19, 20 years old with those with those kids back then. So I, I knew him for a really long time. And, and uh, we have a really strong mutual friend that I actually worked for. That's now the head coach at Texas Tech. Right. So, um, so, you know, and, and coach Perry and coach Adams are really good friends and, and, um, you know, and I, I worked for coach Adams right before I came up here. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it, we're, we're all like a family, you know, and, um, you know, his support, um, on the way out was unbelievable. I appreciate everything that, um, he's done for me, not only with this, but, um, just throughout the years, um, you know, he's somebody that, uh, I've always looked up to. And, um, yeah, so it means the world to me that he, uh, gave me the support and thought that much of me as a coach and as a person to provide that support, um, on his way to Texas tech. Absolutely. Outside of that support though, during the process of ultimately being announced as the head coach of Portland state, was there ever any doubt, any nerves as you sort of went through and attacked that process of becoming a division one head coach? You, You know what? Um, one thing that was really important to me, like I talked about family, um, one thing that was really important to me was that um, I needed to, I looked at it like I needed to go win the job, um, you know, as opposed to just thinking I was going to get it or thinking because I was here for so long. Like it, I didn't, I didn't have that mindset at all. Um, I talked to some of the former players that were here and I told them that like one of the main things I want to do is I want to win the job. So you guys have a place to come back to. So you guys can always come back and know, know the coach and that coach is going to realize and know what you have done for this program over that course of time. Absolutely. So that, that part was really huge to me. And that's, that was my mindset going into this whole thing was that I wanted to win the job. I didn't want to be given the job. I didn't want to you know, anything like that. Um, you know, so we went through the whole entire process and I, and I won, you know, and that's yeah. just how I feel, you know, Absolutely. I'm, a, I'm a competitor and, um, that was just my mindset to the whole entire process. I like it. I like the fire there. Speaking of mindset though, you have a, a mentality that has really circulated across the airwaves, <laughs> yeah. across the internet. You made it to sports center with Scott Van Pelt, You've been on Sports Illustrated. I mean, I've seen you all over the place, Coach, because in your introductory press conference, you talked about your mentality and how there's a lot of hunger that comes with your mentality, figuratively and literally. (laughs) You don't eat breakfast because you still want to be hungry when lunch comes around was essentially what you said. Scott Van Pelt gave you a hard time about it. The internet has loved you for it, and and you made an instant impact with just the introductory press conference. Kind of speak more to how that's been, man, <laughs> just circulating in yeah. that way, and that being sort of the first thing that happened to you yeah. as you become a head coach here at Portland State. <laughs> you know, uh, going into the press conference, it was, and going past the press conference, it's really important to me that people know that I'm real and authentic. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to be somebody uh, who people, you know, would imagine me to be like, I need to be myself. And that's to me, the most important thing that I want to do through this whole entire journey. Um, you know, and, and it started when I was 18 years old, you know, and, and the guys who played for me, 
you know, 20 years, I guess it's been 20, almost 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, know that I'm still the same real and authentic guy I was then, you know, and absolutely. I, you know, I think throughout my whole entire time, every player who's ever played for me would say the same exact thing that, um, I am who I am, you know? And so that was really important to me. I mean, it's been really cool with the people that have been reaching out and everything, but that's just a little bit of who I am, you know? And uh, so I could have went up there and said just the regular lines, but yeah, that's not, that's not really me, you know? Yeah, I, yeah. I, uh, I got to be me and, it, you know, I got one shot to do this thing and and uh, I'm never going to regret being me and, um, you know, the spirit and fire that I have and, and uh you know, it, it, it's, it's been a journey through this entire thing. So I, I'm proud of the person that I am. And, um, you know, and I, I think the guys know that I'm real and, yeah. you know, that stuff that I said the other day is like really who I am, you know, and yeah. it, might, it might be a little uh, <laughs> crazy to some people, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but man, you know what? Like, it is I, what it is. It is what it is. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to, and the main thing is, is I'm going to have fun doing it too. Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. I want, I want the players to have fun, the fans to have fun. I want you to have fun. Like I yeah. want to have fun. Like, you know, I want it to be a fun environment. And um, that, that's, that's a really big, important thing to me. Um, because if everybody's trying to reach your goals, it's, it's a lot easier to reach your goals when you're having fun. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that was one of the things that I tweeted out when I saw this post circulating the clip of you, uh, on sports center with Scott Van Pelt and he gave you a hard time about it. And for me, all that press conference did was make me smile and say, my goodness, I can't wait to the post game shows next season. <laughs> Cause for those that don't know, yeah. After every home game, you know, obviously, you know, myself and Matt, we're calling these games. And after every home game, we have the coach come right over to us and yep. speak with us and do a post-game interview. So now I'm really excited to see the ebbs and flows of how these interviews go with yeah. you, my man. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it'll be fun, man. I, I'm always going to keep it real, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like, like I said, dry, dry, uh, the, the whole no breakfast thing. Like I come to work hungry, man. Like I, I just, I want to provide energy for people in the building. And, um, you know, that's, that's just my thing. I, uh, you know, when, whenever there's a day where I don't feel like coming to work and everybody goes through that, whenever there's a day in there, it's like, you know what? No, I need to make this extra recruiting call. No, I need to get down on the, on the floor and work with another kid or, you know, I need to watch another film, like, you know, so whatever it is, it's, um, you know, it just kind of fuels me and just reminds me that I need to keep going and I need to keep pushing. So, yeah, you know, it's just who I am. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of energy now, I'm glad you brought up energy because I feel like Portland State has the most energetic athletic director in the Big Sky Conference and mm -hmm. that of Valerie Cleary. I mean, you know, I, I've gotten to know her, you know, through through my time here. She was actually literally, literally the second person I met uh, now seven, about seven years ago when I came to Oregon and I went on my recruiting visit over at Pacific. And she was literally one of the first people I met. And she's been by my side ever since. Just, just one of the straight up most real people outside of how great she is within her profession. But Speak to what it's been like going through this process with Valerie Cleary, um, obviously from the interview process to, you know, her giving you the phone call or however it was that um, she let you know, hey, Jace, you got the job. Um, yeah. Just kind of speak to how this process has been and, and being able to be a head coach under her leadership as an athletic director. Yeah, I think the first thing is, is like, um, 
our values on how we see things matches up. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think in every case, we're both always going to put the student athletes first, whatever's best for student athletes um, guides the rest of the process. So, um, you know, and for me, that's always been a big thing. I know that's a big thing for her that um, student athlete experience is really important. Um, you know, so I think our values on how we see things in college athletics matches up, um, you know, and I've known her for a really long time and I'm forever grateful um, to her and um, the interview committee and, President Percy and everybody who uh, gave me this opportunity. Um, as far as the phone call goes, I was, I, I just happened to be really lucky. My parents were in town. Yeah. Um, I was at home with my wife and uh, we have now a 10 week old baby. And so we congratulations. Were, thank you. And uh, my parents um, just happened to be in town to see, see the baby. And uh, she called and man, it was just like so many emotions going through it. You know um, I couldn't even talk like I was speechless just because I feel like I've been through it all that where um, it was just, wow, like finally my goal and my dream has been reached, you know, and um, just to, just to think of that and think of that moment is, is unbelievable. Um, you know, I, I just, honestly, I just fell down on the floor and yeah. had a lot of emotions and I could, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't keep it together. You know, I, yeah, I, yeah. he was talking to me and she probably didn't even hear a word for like two minutes, <laughs> you know? So, um, but you know, and then quickly, quickly, you know, like I said about being hungry and things like that, like quickly, I decided, you know what? Okay. Now, okay. I reached this dream and I reached this goal and we need to keep it moving now. Now, yeah. now I have a new dream and a new goal for Portland state, you know? And um, so yeah, it was, it was awesome. Like, um, she's, she's a great athletic director, um, great support, great support from the staff too. We have a great staff too. Um, that's the other thing, man, is that like, we have a great, uh, a great athletic department staff here, um, that works really hard. And, um, a lot of times people don't see what goes on, um, you know, to, for, for anything, for, for a game to happen, for student athletes to get on campus and yeah. you know, just anything like, so all the people behind the scenes that nobody sees, um, you know, we have a great group of people here and the support that I got from those people too, going through this whole entire process was awesome. You know, yeah, definitely. I, I really feel like it's a family atmosphere here. And to know that the, all those people supported me throughout this process meant the world to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, now more on a social level here, obviously um, it's been a tough year or so for mm -hmm. the Asian community at large, the Asian American community in particular. And I saw you celebrated by that of the Asian coaches association, which you're a part of um, mm -hmm. for you being able to land this job. And, and it's really significant. It's symbolic in a sense, and it really means something um, to them, um, obviously, to the Asian community at large, and to be able to land this job during a time period where it's really difficult because of the hate that has been targeted at the Asian community. What does this mean for you to sort of be this beacon of light, this beacon of hope for your very same community during a time period where so many have sent unnecessary hate towards this particular community mm -hmm. and you could kind of shine a bit of a light during a dark moment in this country's history. Yeah. You know, um, I'm the type of person who always believes in positivity. And so for me to be able to, um, do this, um, and provide, um, people with hope, um, 
you know, and, and just something positive about the Asian community, because to me, it's, it's, it's never, uh, appropriate to hate, um, no matter which direction it's in. Um, you know, and, um, yeah. So, I mean, just being able to step forward and, um, quote unquote, a leader, um, you know, during this time, um, yeah. I mean, if there's anything I can do, like, yeah, I definitely, my, my grandparents, my grandparents were put in a, an internment camp yeah. um, a long time ago. And so, um, you know, my family's been through quite a bit, um, you know, over the course of time. And, um, so it's really important. Oh, geez. There's a light again. There's yep. a light, and we're back. Um, but it's, it's, so it's really important to me, um, to step up and, and, and be a leader during this time. Um, you know, and, and provide people a, a positive outlook on the uh, Asian community and for the Asian community too. Um, you know, cause what's happening right now is not okay. Um, you know, and, uh, hopefully we can all come together and, um, uh, move in one, one positive direction. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, just talk more about what your plans and goals are being the head coach now at Portland state, because under new leadership, um, you know, there, there's a foundation there, obviously, for you to build upon, especially being that you've already been a part of the program for eight years. But now it's time for you to put your twist on things and grow this thing to a level that the the the, the program hasn't seen yet. Um, right. Just speak to some, kind of what some of your goals are with the program and how you imagine getting there. Um, obviously, you know, as a coach by way of your staff, what you expect from your players and even the community at large. Yeah, I want, um, I want this to be a community field like the city of Portland. I know this about the city of Portland. I've obviously lived here eight years and um, there's a lot of pride in the city of Portland. Like yes. people, people um, um, have a tremendous amount of pride for their city. Um, and I want Portland state and the city of Portland to be connected with that. Um, you know, if you look at Portland state, like you can, there's some sort of connection that's been made in everybody's life who lives in Portland to Portland state, whether that's you went to school here, whether, you know, you had a family member who worked here, whether you had a friend who went to Portland state or, yeah. you know, whatever, like, I mean, it's, it's a really big school and there's a lot of connection to, you know, Portland state and the city of Portland. So, my goal is to, as we move forward, is to do this all together. Like, I don't want it to be, um, you know, just about Portland State men's basketball. I want it to be the whole entire city of Portland coming together as one and making it to the NCAA tournament, making sure that our student athletes graduate and get their degrees. Um, you know, those are all really important things. And then, you know, outside of that is that to help our student athletes have connections for life after basketball. You know, yeah. that's, that's another really big thing that I want to be able to do. And that comes from the city. It comes from Portland state men's basketball, the department, the university, I want it to all feel as one, you know? And then I think if we can all move in that one direction, um, then we'll have team success. Team success will come along with that. You know, um, I want people to be emotionally invested in our basketball program, in our athletic department and school. Um, you know, so I know that the pride is there. I know that the pride, um, people are tough in Portland, you know, yeah. you know, and that's, that's, 
that's uh, one thing, um, you know, that I want to preach to our team is that we're going to be Portland's team. We're going to be tough. You yeah. Know, we're going to, we're going to be disciplined. We're going to be competitive. You know, we're going to be spirited. We're going to be something that people can feel an emotional connection to. So I want that emotional connection for the city of Portland. I want it for our team. Um, you know, so whenever we're allowed to have fans back in the arena, it'd be yeah. awesome to see the support um, and the connection between our team and the whole entire city. Talk more about that arena, pitch those facilities, because I don't think everybody has a legitimate understanding of how absolutely dope the Viking Pavilion is. Obviously, I, I call games there and I talk about it here on the podcast, but I want them to hear it from you. Yeah, the pavilion is awesome. Like I, I, I've been here when, when we were playing in the little gym upstairs, you know, and the pavilion has completely changed everything. Um, you know, it's, it's, they, they keep it up really well. I mean, it's, I think we just finished our yeah our third season in it. Um, you know, and it's a great place to watch a game. There's not a bad seat in the place. Um, you know, and it gets really loud. It's a fun, exciting way. And this is the other thing I'll say is that, um, I started loving basketball when my parents took me to a Phoenix Suns game, Yeah, uh, you know, and here I am 30 something years later as a division one head basketball coach. Um, so I'd encourage people to bring their kids out to games because you never know what one moment can impact somebody's life when they're young and I'll yeah. never forget the first son's game that I went to. And it changed, it changed my entire life. You know, yeah. that's where, that's where I started loving basketball. So if somebody can come to Portland state in the Viking pavilion and have that positive experience, you know, it, it could change that person's life forever. Like you don't know what experience will change your son or daughter's life um, forever. And, you know, if that means you coming down here one night to uh, check out the pavilion, check out the team, who knows, maybe, maybe your uh, young person will end up, you know, loving basketball. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, and that's how it happened. I think for that's me. a dope way to you know? put it. Yeah. 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 That's, you know, that's exactly how it happened for me. So, and we have a lot of fun in here too, like going back to it, like, um, our, our department does a really good job of um, putting a game on, you know, so, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. It gets really loud. It gets really exciting. We're going to play an exciting brand of basketball, something that people, like I said earlier, can feel emotionally attached to and um, we'll get it going. Absolutely. Now, coach, I'm one who also believes in cultural karma and outside of just what you've done on the court and, and showing your, commitment to Portland State University from all the hours you've put in as a coach over the last eight years. Um, and even beyond that, you know, that that led you to get to Portland State. Um, your commitment, I think, to Portland State is much bigger than basketball. Like figuratively, we've ever, and we've already talked about, you know, you're not eating breakfast in the morning. You don't turn on your heater in the in the winter. You don't turn on your AC during the summer. But even all the way down to you got married last season at the Big Sky Conference tournament out in Boise. When the games had gotten canceled, you learned out there, the team had already made it to Boise. You learned out there. I think the first round of games were played. Um, you had a bye in the first round because I think you all were the four seed that year. Yep. You had a bye in yep. the first round. And then the night of or the, the night of the game, or it was either that morning when the game yep. was going to happen, you find out 
the NCAA season is over. It's done. There will be no more Big Sky Conference tournament. There will be no NCAA tournament. Portland State was super hot at that time going into that tournament. So there was a good feel around the program. And during what was really a bummer of a moment where just everything was shut down, everything was canceled. This is, you know, a, a huge part of, of everybody's career in life. They want to be able to get to this point where they can be playing in this moment in a conference tournament and a chance at playing in the big dance. You sort of sort of steer things out of that darkness, you and your wife, uh, respectively. And you two got married at the gym instead of the game actually happening because COVID canceled it. Talk about that experience. What went into that decision? And again, like I said, that shows more commitment than anything and anybody could have that went through any interview process yep. to Portland State <laughs> University. <laughs> so, Talk about that moment, man. <laughs> yeah, so I guess first, oh man, the lights again. Jeez. Jeez. I love um, these lights. Man, I gotta get this shit out. I love it, I love it, I love um, it. <laughs> Yeah, you can tell I, I have I haven't sat anywhere for a while. But um, yeah. so first off, let me say how awesome my wife is. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that is unbelievable. And yeah. uh, we have a tremendous amount of pride in Portland State. Like, um, you know, we love this place. Um, you know, I look at this place like Disneyland, like it's the best place on earth. Yeah. Like, you know, I love Portland State and she loves Portland State, too. And so uh, that day, um, like you said, we were really hot going into the tournament, um, playing as good as anybody thought we had a chance to make it to the NCAA tournament. Well, then everything comes crashing down. Um, they tell us there's not going to be a game. And I remember sitting in that conference room, looking at the players faces when no one even really realized what COVID was at the time. Like, yeah, like what, like what is going on? Right. I remember looking at the players faces and guys being emotional, um, and very disappointed. You know, so, you know, because we had worked so hard to get to that point um, to where we thought we were going to get a chance to go to the go to the dance. And um, so my wife and I, Lindsay, at the time, we started talking about it and we had planned on getting married in May at this awesome venue. And so it was like two months down the road. And, and honestly, I think at the time we probably thought this covid thing was just going to be over in a couple of weeks. Right. So we knew like we could could have still had our wedding in May. But we just decided at that moment that, you know what, like we want to turn this thing into a positive and give the team um, a glimmer of hope, you know? So we just decided to get married on the conference tournament floor. And wow. I had a lot of family that lives in Boise, like a lot. And so yeah. they, all, they all showed up and the team was able to be there. And then, you know, all of a sudden it was like the disappointment of everything had turned into happiness, you know? And so, and that's just really the type of people that like we both are, Yeah, uh, is that we like to, you know, take negative situations and turn them into positives. And, you know, so for us, it was a no brainer on what we wanted to do. And uh, she went and found this like jumpsuit, like across the street and and uh, some people just gathered up some flowers and I still have my same ring. My cousin went to Dick's Sporting Goods and bought me a ring. Wow. <laughs> and uh, my cousin got ordained like on the way to the arena. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, and, and, you know, and then uh, one of our managers um, played, played some music and everybody lined up. She got to walk down the aisle in between my family. And wow. the team. So it was awesome. Like it, it was great. There's, 
we wouldn't change it for the world. You know, I, I don't think, um, as a girl growing up, she probably imagined that that was going to be her way, <laughs> but I know that, uh, neither welcome, of, welcome to the world of Jace Coburn, huh? Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? And, uh, I don't think the next morning we ate breakfast either. I don't know, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, and, and that's part, that's part of my deal too, man. Is it like, you know, when people ask me about the car and the AC and the heat and all that, well, when, when the AC and the heat went out, I didn't have enough money to get it fixed. Right. And so I just looked at it instead of saying, you know what, I'm just going to complain about this. I'm going to complain about my situation. My situation is horrible. I'm driving to work cold. I'm driving, uh, you know, home hot, like, you know, whatever. I, I just looked at it like, well, here's an opportunity for me to practice some mental toughness and, you know, and yeah. see if I can just make, turn this thing into a positive instead of just sitting here complaining about my situation. Like, I'm just going to flip this and yeah. you know, look at it as a positive. And even though that positive might sound a little crazy to people, but like, that's just how my mind thinks. Like, I always just want to turn negative situations into positive ones and make the best of my situation and try yeah. to keep pushing. So, and then Absolutely. The same, thing, same thing with the wedding, you know, we just both, um, you know, just decided, you know what, as bad as this is, like, let's try and make this into a positive somehow, some way. So it was a no brainer for us to make that decision. Super dope, super dope. Now I want to transition here a little bit. And I have a segment that I've started called the six man segment. And I've been struggling on which direction I want to go with you, because to give you an example, the last episode we had Gary Payton the second on here, the last interview that we did. And, you know, he just won the, the G League Defensive Player of the Year. Obviously, his name is Gary Payton. So defense is certainly traditional. <laughs> it's a traditional thing in his bloodline. And, uh, you know, and, and at that same time, Draymond Green had just started saying how he was the greatest defender all, of all time. So with the six-man segment, what I did with, with GP in particular was, you know, everybody always wants to ask, like, who's your top five in whatever category it is they see fit? Where the six-man award is, I mean, the six-man segment is, I want to know your top five, but I want to know your top five fighters because we know you're a black belt now. And Ooh. then a six-man, you know what I mean, that, that didn't mm -hmm. quite make the cut, but could have made the cut, but it was sort of a toss-up because sometimes – it's hard to leave. It's hard to hold it in at just five. But I want to know Coach Jace Coburn's top five fighters. I was going to be basic and ask you for your top five coaches because, duh, you're a coach. But I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. Top five fighters and, you know, somebody who could be like a six man or an honorable mention to your top five list. Well, I, so I'm going to hit you with a wide range of people. It's good. Okay. So um, first off, my dad. I'll go nice. my number one. Nice. Um, his speed and power and his spirit uh, and his intensity was second to none. Um, so I'll go with my dad first. Second, ah, man, maybe I should have said 1A and 1B because second, I'm going to go with my mom. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. my mom had like the greatest reverse punch, um, you know, and she was quick. She was tough. Um, you know, and so I'd go my mom and dad one, two, however. Yeah. We yeah. yeah. No okay. particular order there. Um, man, after that, like I, I'm going to, and you know, I'm going to throw some names out that probably, you know, people won't recognize. That's but, fine. Um, it, it gives them an opportunity to learn yeah. something new today. <laughs> my, yeah. My third one would be, um, 
this man named Bill Walden. Um, okay. Who uh, he played football at Arizona State, and he passed away this past year. And uh, he was asked, actually one of my very first basketball coaches. So growing up, not only did I grow up, obviously, for my mom and dad who were fighters, but also one of my very first basketball coaches was also a fighter. Wow. So, so, <laughs> like, so like, when people, you know, like, man, why is that guy so spirited? And why is that guy like that? Like, dude, like, yeah, it's all like, you know. I grew up like that's yeah. all I know. Like, that's me. Like, yeah. You know? So I'd go one, two, three there for sure. Um, you know, I've always been a really big Ricky Hatton fan. Okay. Um, boxer from England. Yeah. Um, just the whole, the whole entertainment of everything that Ricky Hatton did and just his uh, style of just trying to get after people right from the jump. Um, you know, I really liked Ricky Hatton. Um, fifth. I don't know if this guy classifies as a fight. Well, no, no let me go fifth. Um, this guy named Yasuaki Nagatomo. Okay. Um, he was another karate fighter um, out of New Mexico um, who I really respected. And I watched a lot of the things growing up and tried to emulate him um, when I was growing up. So I would say he's fifth. And then uh, sixth, I, like I said, this guy's probably not a fighter. And I don't know if this counts, but I, I really like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Plot twist! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I like Stone Cold. Like, you know, I mean, who doesn't like Stone Cold? Yeah, you know? like, absolutely. I, you know, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if he counts as a fighter. So maybe that's why he's sixth. Uh, he counts. But, he counts, but, man. You know, I mean, professional the wrestler. Fighter. Why not? We'll yeah. give it to him. Yeah, you know, and just, you know, his his attitude and all that. Like, it's awesome. Yeah. It's yes. Awesome. Stone Cold was an absolute <laughs> one of one in the wrestling world. Absolutely. I, I like the plot, the plot. Yep. twist. There. <laughs> yeah. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Um, now what would just be your final pitch to folks listening to this podcast? Obviously we, we, we've talked a bit about some of the things that you want to do with mm -hmm. the program, but to sort of close this out, man, like, you're 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 driving this thing for Portland State and, mm -hmm. and you want to rally folks to come and support this basketball program, support Portland State athletics. What would just sort of be your rallying cry, you know, to folks in the community and the listeners here on the podcast to come out and do just that? I would say that we have a lot of great people at Portland State, um, you know, from student athletes to coaches to staff. Um, um, you know, it's administrative staff, like everybody, like we have a lot of great people at Portland, including yourself. Like we've Appreciate got a it. lot of great people at Portland state. And I think that, um, the support from the outside means the world to all of us, not just me, not just our student athletes, but it means the world to all of us. And we're all here because we want to help student athletes succeed. We want to help them reach their goals and their dreams. Um, you know, and that's what I love about Portland state is that I don't think there's anybody here who um, is here for self gain or, you know, for their own careers. Like, I think it's really about our student athletes. And um, that's what drives us all. That's what drives us all every single day to be our best and to come in here and do execute our jobs at a high level. Um, you know, and um, I just ask that people come here, have fun as I got the lights going again. <laughs> the lights have, kept, the lights have yeah. kept things fun yeah. here on this hopefully, interview, that's for sure. <laughs> hopefully, this upcoming, hopefully this upcoming season, we can shoot the lights out. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, Literally. Know, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, 
you know, I just, I just ask that people come here with an open mind to have fun. Yeah. And that's, that's my big thing. Like, I just want people to have fun. I want you to enjoy watching us play. I want you to enjoy being connected to our team. Um, you know, bring your son or daughter out, you know, and we'll have fun. We'll all do this together. It's, and like I said, in the press conference, it's not just about, it's not about me. It's not about one individual player or one staff person. We want this to be a collective whole and move all in the same direction and have fun while we're doing it and um, believe in our team. You know, our team works hard. They, they, they show up every single day and work hard. And I believe in them. Um, they believe in me as far as I know, uh, they believe, yeah. <laughs> in me, but you know, I just, I, you know, and I want this to be a fun, fun family atmosphere where people can come here, have a great time. And at the end of the year, everybody knows that we gave absolutely everything we had, you know, and if we give everything we have, then that will result in success. I get that. But, um, for me, I just want people to feel connected to us, um, you know, and we will reach out and make sure that people feel connected to us, too. Absolutely, man. Well, Coach, I appreciate you greatly for taking your time here to join me on the Wake Up and Win podcast. Um, obviously, wishing you loads of success, um, you know, and, and obviously I'm here right along with you on this ride calling these games, man, because Indeed, as you mentioned, you know, obviously, you know, we all have have put in work to get to where we are. You as a coach, me being able to commentate and call games at the division one level. But um, there is a real sense of pride in the university itself, in the men's basketball program in itself for all of us. Um, and we do come and we work hard. And we put our all to, you know, obviously go out there and, and you all going out there and producing on the floor, us producing when it comes to a broadcast and being able to call these games in a fun and exciting way just across the board. You know, I, I can second everything you said in regards to everybody truly and genuinely caring about the atmosphere and then allowing whatever success come, that comes along with that to just kind of boost what the atmosphere already is at Portland State University, man. So, and then again, hey, I only do as well as you guys do, man. <laughs> it, it, it's interesting. Last week I was listening to uh, Chris Haynes. He, he came out and, and he was on, I think he was on Skip and Shannon's show. And this was when LaMarcus Aldridge had announced his retirement. And, you know, obviously Chris Haynes is now a national NBA reporter doing really well for himself, but he started covering with the Portland Trailblazers. And at the time when he was covering the Portland Trailblazers, you know, he said like the Marcus Aldridge was the best player on the team. And as a reporter and as somebody who works for this team by way of media, you're only as big as the success of the team, which is usually led by, you know, the, the coach, the biggest star, so on and so forth. So obviously you know, I want y'all to go out there and win it, man. So I can yep. be, so I can be winning right alongside you calling these games, man. And, and it just, it just yep. adds to the presence of it all, man. So like Absolutely. I said, I, I'm wishing you nothing but the best, you know, on your new journey as a head coach. Thanks, man. That's a prime example of, you know, feeling connected to this, you know, and I want, I want everybody to feel connected to it. So yeah, uh, I appreciate you having me on. Um, you know, and we'll get this thing going. And the last thing is, all I got to say is Strict City forever, baby. Strict City forever, baby. How about it? On that note, we are going to leave you all the only way that we know how, and that is to stay woke and go win. 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 Go